The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. Unlike old ways of approaching change, rugged flexibility conceives of change not as an acute event that happens to you, but rather as a constant of life, a cycle in which you are an ongoing participant. Via this transformative shift, you come to view change and disorder as something you are in conversation with, an ongoing dance between you and your environment. Happy Monday, everyone. I hope you had a good weekend. There's a lot going on in the world at the moment. War, crime, strikes, economic disruption. Life can be frightening and confusing, and it can be tough to find something consistent to hang on to. The only constant, really, is change. Things are always changing, and frankly, some of us are better at handling change than others. Whether it's a big transition in our personal lives or a major technological shift like the advent of AI, many of us struggle to adapt to the twists and turns of life. But maybe there's a way to thrive in an ever-evolving world. So says Brad Stolberg, author of the new book, Master of Change, How to Excel When Everything is Changing, Including You. Brad teaches at the University of Michigan's Graduate School of Public Health, and he coaches executives and athletes on physical and mental well-being. He's the best-selling author of The Practice of Groundedness and the co-author of Peak Performance, Brad joins us now to share some of his big ideas. Studies demonstrate that the more distress, or what researchers call allostatic load, a person, organization, or even entire culture experiences during periods of disorder, the greater their chance of disease and demise. Fortunately, the same science agrees that we can also become stronger and grow from change, and that much about how we navigate it is behavioral. That is, it can be developed and practiced. The goal is not to be stable and therefore never change. Nor is the goal to sacrifice all sense of stability, passively surrendering yourself to the whims of life. Rather, the goal is to marry these qualities and cultivate what I call rugged flexibility. To be rugged is to be tough, determined, and durable. To be flexible is consciously responding to altered circumstances or conditions. To adapt and bend easily without breaking. Put those together and the result is a gritty endurance, an anti-fragility that not only withstands change, but thrives in its midst. The best way to face change is to know and hold on to your deeply held core values. These are the characteristics and beliefs that make you who you are. But at the same time, you want to cultivate an open mind, apply your core values and beliefs flexibly, and be willing to adapt, evolve, and grow. The next time you're faced with change, be it the smaller day-to-day stuff or the more significant eruptions that we all face, ask yourself what it would look like to be both rugged and flexible. Unlike old ways of approaching change, rugged flexibility conceives of change not as an acute event that happens to you, but rather as a constant of life, a cycle in which you are an ongoing participant. Via this transformative shift, you come to view change and disorder as something you are in conversation with, an ongoing dance between you and your environment. Update your expectations to match reality. The human brain functions like a prediction machine. It's constantly trying to anticipate reality. You feel and do best when your reality is aligned with, or perhaps slightly better than your expectations. 
Try to set appropriate expectations, and when unsure, err on the side of being cautious and conservative. If a situation doesn't unfold as badly as you thought, you'll be pleasantly surprised. If a situation does unfold as badly as you thought, you'll be prepared and level-headed. When an unforeseen change occurs, do everything you can to see it for what it is and update your expectations accordingly. The longer you hold on to old expectations, the worse you'll feel and the more time and energy you'll waste when you could be working on what is happening in front of you instead. Here is what I was hoping for or thought would happen. Here is what I was actually happening. Since I live not only in my head but also in reality, I need to focus on the latter. Use that mantra to update your expectations in the face of change. Respond, not react. Skillfully responding to change requires creating space between an event and what you do or don't do about it. In that space, a pause, you give immediate emotions room to breathe, and thus you come to better understand what is happening. That is, you process. As a result, you can reflect and strategize using the most evolved and uniquely human parts of your brain to make a plan and only then proceed accordingly. To help you pause, label your emotions. To help you process and plan, try one of the self-distancing techniques, such as giving advice to a friend, practicing mindfulness meditation, or experiencing awe. These are called self-distancing because they create some distance between our observer self and the self that is wrapped up in a challenge. Meanwhile, the biggest barriers to proceeding are self-doubt and paralysis by analysis. The best way to overcome them is to treat your first moves as experiments. Lower the bar from needing to take the absolutely right or perfect action to trying something new and learning from it. If hindsight proves your actions useful, keep going down the same path. If hindsight proves them unsuitable, adjust course. I like to think of this heuristic as the four Ps. When we're faced with a change, we pause, process, make a plan, and only then proceed. Use behavioral activation and just get started. Sometimes when we are going through significant changes and feeling stuck and exhausted, emotionally, physically, socially, or spiritually, the best thing we can do is rest. But at a certain point, rest itself creates inertia. Our minds and our bodies are as recovered as they are going to be, yet we still feel off. At this point, we can likely benefit from deploying a psychological concept called behavioral activation. First developed in the 1970s by the clinical psychologist Peter Lewinson is a way to help people work through depression, apathy, or other entrenched negative states of mind, behavioral activation is based on the idea that action can create motivation, especially when we're stuck in a rut. To be clear, this is not about trying to think positive thoughts, a mantra that became a pillar of the self-esteem movement in the last century, with mega best-selling books such as The Power of Positive Thinking, arguing, we now know, falsely, that if you just think positive thoughts and suppress negative ones, you'll gain health, wealth, and happiness. If anything, research has shown these strategies backfire. The more you mentally try to change how you feel, the more stuck in your current mood you're likely to end up. You simply cannot think or will yourself to a new way of being. The challenge with behavioral activation is mustering enough energy to start acting on the things that matter to you. When you feel down, unmotivated, or apathetic, Give yourself permission to feel those feelings, but not dwell on them or take them as destiny. Instead, shift the focus to just getting started with what you have planned in front of you. Take your feelings, whatever they may be, along for the ride. Doing so gives you the best chance at improving your mood. It can be helpful to think of this initial oomph as activation energy. Sometimes we need more, and sometimes we need less. 
When we're in a rut, even the little things require more, and that's okay. It may take some extra work to overcome the initial stasis or friction, but the more we get going, the easier it becomes. It's as if the laws of physics apply to our minds too. Once we get going and break out of a rut, we can begin to take productive action and engage with change. Yes, it is inevitable that change is going to shape us, but we can shape it too. Thank you, Brad. All right, listeners, feeling motivated, feeling activated, ready to become a master of change? I hope so. But one thing that's not going to change, we're going to keep bringing you useful, inspirational ideas, which you can find here in the podcast, in our Next Big Idea app, or as a member of our Next Big Idea club. If you join the club, we'll ship a curated selection of the best new nonfiction right to your door. You can find out more at nextbigideaclub.com. All right, tomorrow we're going to talk about intelligence, what it is, and how you can get more of it. We'll hear from Rena Bliss, author of Rethinking Intelligence, a Radical New Understanding of Our Human Potential. I'm Michael Kovnett. See you tomorrow. <laughs>